slow down, flip us over, and celebrate. The Turn Turtles are here. Hello, 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 hello! Welcome to episode 25 of the Turn Turtles Board Gaming Podcast. And we are pumped to be here. How are you, Adam? So pumped. So pumped. This there were week, five hellos. I yes. can't not be pumped. I had to add more hellos because Mage is not here this week. He has a migraine. So it is just the two of us again. But hopefully we can throw together something that our beloved audience will enjoy. I was going to sing just the two of us. And then I remembered my throat is a little bit froggy. So I didn't try. That would bring out the deep berry white vibes that we all love. Which is the opposite of that song. <laughs> That's true. Maybe you should get... <laughs> you should uh, pick a different song then. We'll see where the episode leads us. <laughs> I don't know any Barry White songs, so I, I can't help you out there. I just... I know his style. Well, this week, we have on the table... Mind Bug. Mind Bug. It's finally yeah. here. Finally got Mind Bug. They dredged the ocean... They lifted up the ship. They got the container. They dried out all the cards. And, now and attached it. to one of those cards was a weird tentacly looking thing. And it <laughs> stuck itself to one of their heads. And hence the game <laughs> was born. Kind of like a yerk from Animorphs. The true story. <laughs> well... Why don't we talk about our weeks first off? And I think I'll do half of mine, and then you can do all of yours, and then I'll do the other half of mine. Okay. How does that sound? Nice. Sure. So we had, if I can recall correctly, I had Meej over one time to play Food Chain Magnate. Well, we didn't know what we were going to play, but we decided that we would play food chain magnet two player and i had heard that i had heard great things about it two player and it was as fun two player as it was three player for me so that's a pretty good pretty good sign it was as fun not more fun um as fun i don't know it well enough yet for me to get the most fun out of it i think so Mead destroyed me. <laughs> like, not as bad as I lost the first game, like 900 to 100, but probably like a good 600 to 200. <laughs> and, and I was really hoping he would be on tonight so that we could talk about uh, his thoughts on Food Chain Magnate. But it, it was definitely a race for those milestones, and it was enjoyable, and it's a, a fun puzzle. So I'm, I'll, I'll talk about it more maybe next time when me just on and he can tell us his thoughts board game geek has this yep. one at a weight of 4.21 four point yeah it's a hefty game wow yeah like it's a lot of crunch it's so much thinking about the future because in each round you have you you put out your, what do you call it, like business structure, all the people that you want working. Right. And everybody else goes to the beach. But then you got to think, okay, you hire people and then you train other people, but you can only train people that are at the beach. So you can't train people that are in your structure. And then you can make food. And then once everybody's done all that, oh, and then you put out advertisements that you want to start advertising to the houses when everybody's done all that then you go and look at the houses that are that want food and then the advertising kicks in so then for the next round you know okay i put out pizza this round i'm gonna have to make sure that i produce pizza next round and it, it's it's a really fun crunch between what you're doing now and then seeing what other people are advertising and Hoping you can undercut Meej enough to get, like, to get the sale, right. but then all of a sudden he, he builds a new 
restaurant just a little bit closer than you are. So even though you you lowered your prices, it's still not enough. And then there are some milestones that are just ridiculous. Like if you get the CFO card and you play it, whatever you earn that round, you get 50% more. So if you earn 100 bucks, you get a free $50 at the end of the round. But okay. one of the achievements will make your CEO, who you have to play all the time anyway, also the CFO. So it's just a free 50% every round after that. And it is crazy. So I think next time I play it, I will aim for that and try to get that achievement above all else. But I think you have to be the first to earn $100. And okay. like have $100. So while, yeah, that's a, a fun goal to try and aim for, it's also the goal of the game to get the most money. <laughs> So like I can try to do that, but so far, two games in, not very successful at a right. being a fast food restaurant. But I like that fun. it's a one hundred dollar goal, and it's like a fifties art style. Yeah, it's such a cool art style. I love it. I love that fifties like old Fallout esque kind of art style for anything. I want like yeah. those art in my house. Well, you can always uh, photocopy my food chain magnate box and then stick the photocopy up. The modern way to old-fashioned good gaming. (laughs) Uh, Another thing I've I've been up to is Gloomhaven Online with my friends Mike and Nick. And that is another... It's good online and I really enjoy it. It's everything that Gloomhaven is. But it is is stringent the word? It's strict. Like it you can't undo everything. You can undo the very last thing that you did sometimes. So like the cards that you choose to play, you you've you all lock them in, and then when it's your turn, you pick which the top or the bottom action to do. Yep. And then if it's the movement and you've chosen to do the movement, you can't undo that. But then if you the movement that you choose to do, where you choose to put your piece, you select it, and then you can undo the selection. But once you lock it in, you can't undo that anymore. Mm. So like in the actual like the the tabletop game, we would like undo turns if we unless we revealed more information like flipped an attack modifier or whatever. But like if I ran over there and did that and then realized that, oh, maybe that wasn't optimal, we'd just undo it and do it a different way because that's what you can do in board gaming. But with the uh, online Gloomhaven, it's like, nope, you're stuck with your option. You better pick no right. No cheating for you. No, no kidding. So like sometimes I, I pick a, a certain set and I'm of cards and I want to move here, attack this monster, move there and attack that guy. But halfway through I realized I read a card wrong or I accidentally chose the wrong top and bottom action of the cards that I chose and then it's like yeah well I guess I'm gonna move to this round and do nothing else because I totally botched it right but it's still really fun I'm playing the rat man which I've never played in the original game so it's, that's what it's I'm cool, playing I'm, I'm still having fun with it have what the the card that I'm playing most of the time, because he has augments or whatever, so you play a card and it stays out forever and augments his attacks or whatever. Yep. I'm doing the plus two damage on every attack. Is that the one that you find yourself gravitating toward? I've been taking the heal. Oh, really? Yeah, but I'm the person I'm paired up. We're playing a two-player, and I'm paired yep. up with uh, Craig Hart. Right. And it's not too difficult to accidentally be damaged by him. Oh, I see. Because he does a lot of like swirling dust and rock things, and like he'll be like, "This might hurt you, uh, but it'll be <laughs> it'll be worth it." Uh, and then, so be- between he's him already being a glass cannon, right. and having him as my partner, it's <laughs> it's worked out. Yeah, but yeah, I can see why it's not ideal. But for now, it's working with my current power rating we're not very far in still but 
Yeah. It's- so the augment, like the one that I use every time I do a melee attack, it'll add two damage. So what what does the healing one do? It it just heals you. So like if no matter what you do, it'll heal you on your turn, or like you have to attack or. I think it's heal on attack. Yeah. Okay, and it's only yourself. You can't heal other people. Yep. Hmm. See, that might come in clutch midway through a, a mission. If you're like, okay, I don't need to attack, like do a lot of damage, but I, I need healing. I might swap them out. But yeah, I'm having a lot yeah. of fun with that. I'm not convinced, but that's what I've been using. Well, I think with a guy that does a lot of area of effect damage, and if you're always standing in the middle where, where he wants to attack, then maybe that's a, a good idea. Yeah. All right. What Maybe we'll get better up? as we learn each other's abilities better, but oh, for sure. And what I find a lot with the like the original hand of cards that you get with each character is they're pretty well rounded. And as you level up, and you can swap out cards with higher levels, you you get more specific about the route that you want to take. So then, your Craigheart might be like might veer off into a path that doesn't necessarily do area of attack or area right. of effect as often. Or maybe he goes totally into that and then you know, okay, maybe I can steer more toward a range or I don't know, whatever else. But yeah, it gets easier as you play, I think, anyway. And we're hearing that oh maybe that's news. I'll put I'll put my Frosthaven thing in the news section. What are you, what are you there. Uh, it's been an interesting week for me. Uh, early on, I did not make the uh, the Monday gaming night because I was in a decent accident on the highway, uh, and that threw off my next day. I wasn't like seriously hurt or anything, but I saw airbags for the very first time, mm. and uh, was just sore enough to stay home the next day from work. Sure. So it's uh, it it ruined what would have been my exposure to food chain magnate. So uh, I'm not sure we would have done that with three people. I think with two oh, people really? and one of them knowing how to play, it was like depending on different variables within the game, it can be like an hour and a half long. But I think with two new players. It it can would probably have dragged on too long, especially you like to come later because you have to put your kids to bed. So it's right. almost eight o'clock by the time you're there anyway. So I, I'm not sure we would have played it with three. Okay, at never this mind. Point, but, but that's fine. Uh, I did get a session of Everdell in with my wife, a two player session, and cool. we had a lot of fun. I think she likes it quite a bit. And uh, we didn't play with any expansions yet. That's a big few. Phew! Yeah, we have a long way to go. <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, that we played with like- the wooden tree, <laughs> and uh, we played with the base set. There's something about that game that's just fun. And I know, I know, you're likely or largely not going to agree with this, but there's something about for me colorful and fun tableau building with all the pretty cards and all the components are super super nice where like everything you do is just there's a fun level to it there's there's a rule that i've heard in in games where like like if you're making like a heart racer or something apart from everything else like driving has to be fun in in and of itself and for me like the just being in front of Everdell is is very fun with just looking at all the options in front of you and seeing the cards and like what's going to come up next thing. Um, I, I am really enjoying the experience of it and I'm excited to see uh, a lot of the expansions that I haven't seen before. But I am always in for exploring a board game. And I've played the base game of Everdell a few, a couple times, I think. So I, I kind of know what's involved in that. But if like this, you've got the Everdell, which is everything Everdell's ever done. Yep. So 
So I'm definitely interested in trying it out again. Like maybe there's a module or expansion part that fixes what I don't love. I don't love that it's random draws. So maybe there's a, a part that will allow you not to have such randomness in your hand. Because if you have the the mama card and you're really looking for that papa card to pair them together because that you get more points that way, or I don't remember exactly how that works, but you never find the papa, then, I mean, see ya, mama. <laughs> and if you've already played it, that's one of the cards that you get to play. Because how many cards do you get on your tableau? Your city is 15, I think. Mm-hmm. So then but, if you're at 11 and one of them's a mama because you're really hoping for that papa, but maybe that's just bad play. Maybe I shouldn't have played that mama card yet. I don't know. Yeah, like it's not like that's the only combo. Like there's tons yeah, sure. of combos, right? Like every card goes with one other card. So I think mm -hmm. statistically, that's why I think it's okay is the random draw like gives you everyone has a pair to their card basically, right? right. So there'll be a little bit of luck in there, but with the meadow and, and the other mechanics. Yeah. Well, I, I, I definitely don't hate, hate it as much as I've led on and had fun <clears throat> with Everdell bashing. I wouldn't want to play it every week, but I'm totally down for trying out some new mechanics right. and playing with all those cool meeples. Um. Only vaguely related to uh, board games, but I've mentioned in the past. I jumped into Hearthstone again, partially because I got Mindbug and I was kind of on the uh, in that zone. Um, but the other reason I was going to mention it is because, uh, and the other reason I jumped back in was I learned that for everyone, what they're doing this thing now where if you've been away for a long enough time, uh, because of how hard it can be to jump back into a game like that and actually have something to do because it's a, a TCG, right? If yeah. you've been away for a long enough time, um, they just let you pick a class when you jump back in and you get like a full meta deck with legendaries and everything completely. Wow. And you just, you get the whole thing for free and you get to just jump in and you can start playing with uh, a well-constructed real deck from the current meta. Cool. Um, and I thought that was awesome and something that's been overdue in that game for a long time. So uh, I jumped back in. It's been fun. It's There's something about that game that I always feel like playing. It's just so well done. But when I fall yeah. away for a little bit, I'm always like, I'm going to have to like... I don't want to spend money and I'm going to have to like suck and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like there's enough like other modes of the game that a lot of people enjoy, but I like just the standard deck battling, but yeah, Anyways, I, that's haven't there. Played, I haven't played probably for like six years since I lived in Vineland and was single. Okay. So I could jump back in and get this. I'm still, yep. I, I love the voice acting in it. And I still, to this day, as a carpenter, say, hit it very hard. And things like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, that, that game was really cool. I love the, I don't know, the art style was cool. It was a very great atmosphere in it. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun playing that game. So maybe I should jump back in and get one of these cool meta decks. Yeah, for someone like you that's been away that long, um, you may enjoy some of the other free things you can do now. Like they have a lot of other game modes that you can play for free as well, apart from like where you battle somebody. Um, but anyways, cool. thought I'd mention it. It's fun. Now I got to write it on my hand so I remember to play it again. Write it on your hand. <laughs> uh, and then apart and from that, I've been playing Mindbug with you and my family, but we're going to talk about that a little later. Yeah, get out of here, Mindbug. It's not your turn yet. Okay, well, I'll round mine out. We played, we had Daryl over, Daryl and Meege. And Daryl and Meege and I and Hannah played Hansa Teutonica. And I thought, all right, I think, I think that's my third play of it. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try this strategy. 
And I wanted to get all my Sofe Libers out, so all my circles, so I could move as many people as I could. So you start with being able to move two on the board anywhere you want. Yep. So three, four, five. I think five is the maximum that you can move. And I thought my strategy this time will be just block people. That's all I'll do. I'll block people and then they will have to bump me and get more guys on the board from my stockpile so I don't need to worry about my bank. And then I I don't need to up my actions all that much because as soon as I can get five people on the board or moved around on the board, then I don't need that many actions. So this is going to be great. And I don't know whether I didn't do it well or I just get so tempted, like like some sort of crow that sees a shiny thing and flies over there. It's like, right. oh, but remember how great actions were? Oh, but <laughs> I, I need more colors. I need more. That's the thing with that colors. game. Oh, man. It is so great. And I just, I did not win. I think Hannah won her third game in a row. But she tried a different strategy too. Like she she went uh, to the bottom left of the board and did the the big points from the, the one city. Oh man, I cannot get over how fun that game is. Okay. I really enjoy it. So then after we played that, it, it was a decently fast game as well. Maybe moderate. Like the, the first game we played went really long and the second game we played was so short it was crazy. So then this game was about medium. And then... Uh, Hannah went to bed, so then Daryl, Meej, and I played Terraforming Mars, Harry's Expedition. Harry. And, and I got to... I, I wish Meej was here for this, too, because he talked about Harry's Expedition last time, and I would love to go back and forth a little bit on it, but I'm not sure I agree with him that if you have Terraforming Mars, regular type, that you, you can own both and want to play both. I totally understand the original game is a lot bigger. It's a lot a lot more. So if you want to sit down and play a game for three hours, or not even three hours, I mean, if you want to take your time, but if you want to sit down and play a game that's big, like, uh, and enjoy it for a while, then, yeah, Terraforming Mars is good. If you want a game that's supposedly shorter, I mean, I forget how long our game took. It wasn't too long. By the end, it felt long, though. So it, yeah. it is a shorter game, and it's a little more simple. It's a little more streamlined. I love the mechanic where you... Uh, the race for the galaxy mechanic, where you can... Everybody picks an action, and if you pick the action, you get a little bonus by doing it, but everybody gets to do the action. I love that mechanic. So seeing it in there was really nice. That was fun. And it was a good game. If you like Terraforming Mars, I think you'll like this game. And it was, yeah, it was combo-rific. Mage's right. You can definitely get some good things going. One of my, you always start with a, a, a corporation. And my starting corporation loved lightning bolt signs. So getting energy. And for every tag I had, or putting lightning bolt tags down, was a lot was cheaper for me so it was like three bucks cheaper and so i was building that up and then throughout the course of the game i got a card that said for every lightning bolt tag you have you earn that many more dollars and then i got another one said you earn that much more heat so i already had like nine down and then i was earning like nine more dollars per round and then nine more heat per round and i i ended up winning i squeaked out a win it was by like 10 points or something. So it was really close, which is nice. But it it definitely made me feel more powerful. To, I, don't, I don't know. Like I randomly ran into those cards, I guess. But one of my strategies during that game was to up the amount of cards that during the research phase, you get more cards. You draw, I think it's draw three, keep one. Unless you played that research phase card, then you draw five, keep two, something like that. So then I was constantly playing cards that allowed me to draw more cards. And then so I was ending up drawing like nine, keep five or something like that. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty cool. 
and then I could find the actual cards that I wanted. So that that was how I ran into those other cards that allowed me to get more money and heat by lightning bolt. So it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think I'll buy it, even though like I have Terraforming Mars. I think if I want to play Terraforming Mars, I'll just play that. Is that what you would pick if you didn't own either? To Ooh, own? Good, good question. I don't know. For me, See, Terraforming I- Mars has become my Remember the Titans. It's like a classic that I haven't seen or played still, and it's like an embarrassing joke. And at this point, like I'm afraid to tell people that I haven't seen it slash played it. <laughs> <laughs> this is all to say that I haven't played Terraforming Mars. <laughs> that so is curious. really fun. Because I have watched Remember the Titans probably 25 times or more. It is one of my favorite movies. And then that's funny that you put that in. <laughs> like, there was a time in my life where I would come home from work and watch Remember the Titans and then <laughs> do other things. So I, I'd see it like four times a week. But um, so if you have played Great Western Trail, I'm going to say maybe Beyond the Sun, Terraforming Mars is on that level. So if you want like a, a longer game that you can crunch into and really enjoy, then get Terraforming Mars original. But make sure that you get the the prelude expansion. I think prelude is mandatory at this point. So if you're getting Terraforming Mars, just buy prelude right away. If you don't necessarily want that big, meaty, chunky game, you get the same feel with Ares Expedition. So if I were to buy them both again, or one or the other, without currently owning one, I don't know that I could pick. Gun to your head. Oh. What's that? Gun to your head. What do you pick? Gun to my head. Oh, that's mean. Who has a gun to my head? <laughs> Why Harry. are they doing this? Why are you doing Harry. this? <laughs> Harry. Harry. He's going to expect to petroleum you before, unless you pick one. <laughs> oh. I I will pick the original. Okay. But only because I bought it already, and I bought it first. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this I, scenario. I think in this scenario, I would, I would pick the original. Because I have, I think I have enough games that fit that small, like the smaller hour-long to two-hour-long thing. Okay. Um, people are going to laugh at me saying Terraforming Mars takes less than two hours. Like, if you're playing it more than two hours, you're doing something wrong. Or you don't have the prelude expansion. But it was fun. I give it a thumbs up. Cool. And other than that, yesterday we played Mindbug. But we'll talk about that later. Later. All right, we have news, Adam. News. I. It's the news. <laughs> I put all of these in, in the news section. <laughs> Well, I put so them in there from the place where you put them in. Well, that's true. I put them on yep. the Discord and you put them in the news section. Yes. All right. What are they, Adam? Rain it down. Arguably, I did more work than you did, I think. <laughs> um, the first that's one in here weird. is AGNC. Where is the AGNC, Adam? Um, in the Aegean Bay. <laughs> that's not true. Pretty sure it's around Greece. Yeah, that nailed it. That sounds right. Yeah. It's in between Greece and Turkey. A lot of little islands in there. So AGNC is a new Kickstarter. Is it Kickstarter? Oh, man. I think now so. I go now I have to go find it. It is a new Kickstarter by the creator of Glory to Rome and Innovation, Mr. Carl Chudiak. So if you like games that have a, a small footprint on your your shelf but have a lot in them like there's he's multi-use cards a lot so your cards are your points are your resources are your actions that you play they're the buildings that you build they're the the technologies that you have they're like they're everything and he does a really great job of it so if you enjoy that kind of thing then agnc is 
his next game. And it looks great. And I don't know if I'll back it. I have such a thing with Kickstarters now or crowdfunded games. I don't know. Have you looked into it at all? The art looks You have a what with them? I have a thing with Kickstarters. I don't love it. Like, you, you kickstart a game now, and in a year, you get it, if you're lucky. If it's small enough and popular enough, you'll get it in a year. But, like, Frosthaven, I kickstarted, what, two years ago? At the beginning of the pandemic, they started the that Kickstarter campaign. And Hannah and I looked at each other and went, oh, man, I work for myself, by myself. Is this pandemic going to affect our our income so badly that I won't like we we back this now for a hundred dollars or US that we're gonna regret that and not be able to eat or pay our mortgage or something because of the pandemic? And so we backed it for a dollar so that we could still have the opportunity to back it after the that Kickstarter closed. And thankfully, praise God, we were blessed. Throughout the whole pandemic, I had work the whole time. So then we backed it. But that was like two and a half years ago. And we're just about to get Frosthaven. They're talking about it uh, getting off the boats now. And some of the first wave of product that's coming to the U.S. will be shipped up to Canada and then distributed from there. So there is a first wave that's coming to Canada soon. So hopefully Mark or myself gets it on that first wave. All of that to say that if I back something now, if I back a GNC, will I get it in a year? Hopefully I'm still excited for it. Will it be worth it? Or do I just wait for it to go to retail and pay $20 more? Or do I wait for it to, like after retail in a year and a half, when people are like, yeah, I kickstarted it, but didn't love it. And then they sell it for the Kickstarter price on the secondary market. Right. Uh, I don't know. It just looks great. I was actually talking with someone at work about this very thing today, not expecting that we'd be talking about it. Oh, yeah? And in general, I think all of the board games I've gotten from Kickstarter I'm happy about. They're all like... like I. I've been maybe a little more picky about mine or, or I've gotten less than you have, but um, I got like the, the Kickstarter version of Scythe and uh, I got Mindbug and I got a game called, oh, what's that pirate one called? Ba-ba-ba, I forget what it's called. I don't know. Or Tortuga, Tortuga, 1667. Oh, Right. And uh, a game called Folklore, The Affliction. Um, they all like had like those, some of the extras that can be a little bit annoying to get or not, not available to get later that right. uh, add either some really cool flavor or uh, high level, high quality components, that kind of stuff that can add some cool. I don't know, experience of the game. So yeah, in general, player. I've been happy with all the ones that I did. And I don't mind getting it later. It's kind of like mm-hmm. something I forget about. And then like a year later, I'm like, oh, it's Christmas and I this thing is coming. Yeah. What's really so, nice about that is like I have a hobby budget and I have X amount of dollars every month for my hobbies. And it's mostly a board game budget. So then if I spend it on Kickstarter now, I don't have like i haven't saved up that money for maybe the bigger game that i want now but if i get if i do that then in the year the next year then i'll have all of a sudden a a double game coming in and that's super fun too future matt will be super happy yeah exactly but now matt i'm now matt yeah right now i'm present matt always future matt eventually to now matt (laughs) <laughs> what has now Matt ever done for you? Oh, he does everything. Everything past Matt didn't want to do. Now Matt has to do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't get me started on past Matt. Oh, no, no. Okay. Ugh. Let's move on to something else. Something that I did. Well, I didn't kickstart it. Mark did, but we're all going to chip in for it is the Queen's Dilemma. 
Now, as soon as Buddy Brandon heard of it, he texted me right away. He's like, I know you already know this, but Queen's Dilemma is up on Kickstarter, and it is. And we are pumped. It looks so good. The things that King's Dilemma did well, it's going to do again. The writing was great. The voting is awesome. The dilemmas are cool. But the things that King's Dilemma didn't quite do well that I didn't really realize until Queen's Dilemma is being touted and explained. In King's Dilemma, there's coins, and the coins don't really serve a purpose other than to bribe other people. And after you have bribed everybody to vote the way that you wanted to, you realize that those people were only voting that way because they wanted to anyway. So they were going to do it anyway, and you just gave them money for it. Or you can never give them enough money to change their mind. Because at the end of each game, the whoever has the most amount of money gets four points or whatever. And the, the four points is never quite enough to really sway somebody. Even if you're like, okay, I'll give you all of my 15 coins if you will just vote this way. I don't... I, maybe I swayed somebody once with that, or got swayed once, but... In the Queen's Dilemma, everybody will be kind of in charge of a province, and I'm sure that will change depending on the different dilemmas that you have. But your province will uh, produce different resources. Some of them are like people for the army that needs to fight in the south. Some of them are wood, and I, I can't remember all the different resources, but... As you gain those resources, that's what you can use to bribe people with. So what's really exciting is there's buildings that you can build and put stickers on the board that will enhance your resources and you can improve those buildings. You can do so many things with the resources that maybe I say, Hey, Greg, next turn you can upgrade your building for three wood, but you only have one. You vote this way now and I'll give you the two wood you need to upgrade your building. And that is exciting enough to... Maybe change your vote on something. Right. Like maybe you cared a little bit about the vote, but two would you care more about. And yeah. So I'm really excited about that. The other really cool thing is that each day, so far anyway, of the campaign, if you've backed it, they have uh, an extra Age of Disorder add on to the base game. And I don't know whether that will be available after the kickstart is finished but it seamlessly integrates into the game but it's going to be comprised of decisions of of things that have been decided by the kickstarter i don't know what you call them the kickstarties so every day there's a dilemma on the page and if you've kickstarted it you can vote yay or nay or i or nay depending on what you want so um what were some of the ones they're not great like this isn't uh, representative of the king's dilemma but the one today i believe was (laughs) it was such a ridiculous dilemma so someone proposed that the the people are getting ridiculously uh, how do i say this the people of the kingdom of ankist are up in arms and are gonna overthrow the government if they don't get combed we can either make torture chambers or we can have like dens of sin pretty much where we can give them drugs and that kind of thing. Which one do you vote? So, I mean, like that's a ridiculous one. The one yesterday was someone was hunting, found a cave and found a burial mound with uh, a body in it. And the body is immaculately well-preserved. Do we, just bury that body again in a different place and like give it the honor of a, a, a human life that was snuffed out? Or do we research this body because that preservation might have some alchemical use in our kingdom? So then what we're doing, we have five people that are going to play this game and that are chipping in for it. So in our chat, we're doing... We each are like arguing about the the side that we want to vote for and then voting anonymously in a a Google Doc or whatever you call it. And then Mark will take that vote and put it up on the Kickstarter page, whatever we end up doing. So like we're already having such a fun time arguing about these dilemmas that we don't even have the game yet. 
Right. It's super fun. That's one way to get me super interested in your game. It kind of sounds like like a Paradox game, but without the voting, like a Crusader Kings or something, or Stellaris, where like these random things pop up. Yeah, kind of. And like you can either go and research them or, yeah. or do whatever. Yeah, a little bit. Now this game, the the hard part about The Queen's Dilemma is the price tag, because it's 130 euros. So... Uh, yeah, I'm very tempted by game. this one because it sounds amazing, but yeah, like you guys are, I'd have to find a group, I think, and that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this one plays two to six, where they, I, I don't, I'm not sure whether the King's Dilemma played six, but I would recommend playing at an odd number so that you always have to break ties. With, right. with I'm not sure how right. they would have broken ties in the King's Dilemma because we never had that problem. But yeah, it's 130 euros, which is pricey, and it's a legacy game, so you can only play it once. But if you've got a a group of five people and they're all chipping in, I think it's worth it. So that's what we're going to do, and I'm super excited for it. Cool. Uh, I already talked about Frosthaven. So the next thing is just a reminder of Board Game Day, November 19, uh, 99 Scott Street. Come on down. Mark on. <laughs> Game day, one exclamation mark, one exclamation mark. Because it's the 11th one. Oh, is it? Yep. Number 11. All right, I've talked enough, Adam. I see you have mind bugs spread out on the table. Why don't you tell us all about that? Mind bug. You can't see that. <laughs> So, Mindbug, if you are not aware of this one, Mindbug is a new two-player card battler, kind of like a uh, Magic the Gathering or a, or a Hearthstone or maybe even a Pokemon. Um, but this game has no deck building. Uh, there's no pack purchasing you have to do apart from just the game itself. And the... Uh, object of the game is you have to reduce your opponent's life points from three to zero and your opponent will be blocking with creatures uh and attacking you back uh to which you have to block with your creatures uh so on every turn you can either play a card from your hand or you can attack with a card that is uh already played and the cards are very entertaining um they a lot they tend to be these cards that are a combination of of different animals so after after we after i talked about the game i i chose 10 that kind of stood out in our games matt to Mm -hmm. discuss and and kind of illustrate the flavor that we're dealing with but i don't know about you but just just playing a lot of the cards yesterday i was like laughing out loud and like giggling as i saw what came out before me um, but then the the other kind of kicker here is that every both players get two separate cards and you get two mind bugs, which are these uh, alien cards. And uh, whenever the other person plays a card, the other person may immediately mind bug it and take control of it. The player who lost their card will get to take another turn. But then a lot of the game is not only forming your strategy with the cards that you have in front of you, but also the mind game around when and what do I mind bug and what am I waiting for and what fits in with my strategy and these kinds of things. Um, So... Much like these other t- uh, trading card games, there are five main, um, I guess, abilities. And these will sound familiar if you've played games like this before. There are There's Frenzy, Poisonous, Tough, Hunter, and Sneaky. So the Frenzy will get to attack twice. The Poisonous will always um, defeat the other card, yeah, even if it's higher. So 
I didn't say this, but all the cards have a power level from uh, one to ten, basically. So when two cards attack, the higher card will always win if uh, you if you if you block with a uh, a card that's lower. Uh, tough means it can defend twice. You, you tap it, and it can it's it stays in play even if it's defeated. You have a hunter card. Uh, so normally, when someone attacks you, you get to choose which. Uh, creature you're going to block with the hunter will get to choose uh if it is a hunter and will take out whatever creature he desires and then finally is sneaky and the sneaky cards get to only be blocked by other sneaky cards it's like they're dwelling in the shadows and uh, if you don't have a sneaky card uh the sneaky card is just going to hit your face and and remove a life point What did you think of it overall? So overall, I had a lot of fun. Uh, we did not even come close to seeing all the cards. So it's a, it's a pretty big deck. I think I have 60-something cards, I think. Uh, we played... And you and every at each game, every uh, both players get 10 random cards, basically. Um, so... The thoughts from just one I mean I've played with my with my kids a little bit, but you're the only person I've played with more seriously. Um coming away from it, I'm not really sure how, but it seems super balanced. Um it, every turn seems like I was trying to find value and find a way to maybe get ahead. But even when something crazy would happen, like the other person always seemed to have a way to kind of come back and maybe even like tip the tables again. Um, mm -hmm. In general, no one ever seemed to really get away with the game. Despite our I mistakes. That, and yeah, I found that as well. Like I, every time you do something and you play a card and you'd have these crazy abilities and I'd look at my hand and there was always, always seemed to be something in it that I could do that would, better my my position for sure yeah um i had a lot of fun looking at the different cards that i had and like the, like you only the other thing i may not have mentioned is you only have five cards in your hand at a time so um five of the cards will be starting face down and as you discard or lose cards you'll be picking up so your strategy will evolve slightly as you move through your cards and um, I had a lot of fun piecing together strategies with what I had and things that I hoped to do and looking for cards that you had that maybe would work with what I was trying to do. Um, yeah. And that's all apart from just like the joy of seeing the various cards come up and seeing what they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the art was super cool. Like, it's not a beautiful game. But the art is very enjoyable on it. It's rather silly. The names of the cards are are fun. Yeah, they're all like stylized drawings. Um, I I think the art is kind of reminiscent of a Hearthstone, maybe. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I have ten cards here. Unless you have anything else to say first, Matt. No, I mean you can go through them. I I do have a couple points, I think, but you can. Run Did through I do this the first. Cards. Yeah. Okay. So the first one I picked was the Power Two Ratomancer. Um, the Ratomancer has a play ability. So when you play it, you get to play any number of cards with power four or less from your discard pile without activating their play effects. So it's basically like raising the dead. Um, I nearly. Was... Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so I nearly played this one. I think I had just one, <laughs> if I remember correctly. But if yeah. I hadn't, like, I had, I think, three cards just waiting to come back and fill my table when I played this one back. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I had quite a few. I had been kind of burning through my lower cards when I saw that I had this one and was preparing to, like, raise them all back and fill my, fill my play area with this one. <laughs> yeah, I was... Uh, like I had already lost, but then you you threw that on the table and said, "And if I didn't already win, I would have <laughs> right. won." This. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm so happy you didn't get to do that because that would have been like salt in the wound." <laughs> That's such a cool card. Uh, one that we both got to play with was the Hyenix. 
which is a play on the phoenix rising from the ashes with a face of a hyena. Uh, this card has a frenzy, so it's always going to attack twice. And um, to simulate the, the phoenix ability, every time well, the, the, the text says, when you lose one or more life points while this is in your discard pile, you may play this. So it's just constantly coming back into play every time you lose a life point. That card um, was super fun. That was yeah. one of the... I think that was the second game I got that. And that was one of the first times that... like I, The first game I was just kind of playing cards and seeing how, how the game was going. But yeah. when I got that card, I started to strategize a little bit. Like, when do I play this? When do like Do I hope you kill it? Or do I hope it survives long enough? Do I try to protect it? Do I try to let it die yeah. and then let you hurt me so it comes back? And I, yeah, that that was fun. I like that one. Um, a level nine snail hydra. So this is like a three-headed snail uh, attack. If you control fewer creatures than the opponent, defeat a creature. So attacking with uh, fewer creatures just means one of the opponent creatures goes away. I don't remember that one. I think I only played it once. Oh, okay. Killer B, power five. It's a hunter. Oh, I hate this one. I hate it. This one was sneaky. Uh, (laughs) It's one you have to watch out for, and it can it. I'm not trying to explain it. It in some ways it seems cheaper maybe than some of the other cards but with this card uh play the opponent loses one light point just right off the bat which i didn't realize was in the deck and then you yeah. played two of them <laughs> yeah somehow <laughs> i had two one one life point but yeah. now knowing it's in there you can kind of i don't know i'm i'm sure the axolotl will come up that's got to be one oh, of the ones you pick I didn't actually. Oh, you didn't? Okay, no, the axolotl was one of the fun ones. So when you play it, you heal two life points. But yeah. what I didn't realize is it's not healing, you gain two life points. Because in the rules that I was reading, you probably mentioned it, but I, I didn't absorb it. You don't stop at three life points. So if you play that one, you can have five life points. Right. So I was I was holding on to that card until I was two down, and then I was playing it, to, so I would go back up to three. But I didn't realize that you could go right. up to five. Um, power three, the tiger squirrel. This card is a Ooh. sneaky play. Defeat an enemy creature with power seven or more. Yeah, that was Snipes. a pretty. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those tip-the-table cards where all of a sudden one of your big guys is just gone. <clears throat> that was a pretty key one in our third game, I think. And the yeah. fact that you had... I think you had four cards on the table, and I had that that card with Sneaky on it, but you didn't have any Sneaky guys. So then I was able to just hit your life points, but then you played a Hunter... And even if the hunter's not sneaky, he can choose which target. So you just choose my sneaky guy. Yeah. That's how you got rid of him. I I found that the sneaky and frenzy were like the two you really had to deal with. Because like the frenzy will attack twice. And and if you can't, if it's a big one or it has something mm-hmm. strange like a hunter attached to it or something, then it can really mess you up. And then yeah. sneaky is like if you don't have a sneaky, then like you're in big, big trouble. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the poisonous and the tough and the hunter are all cards that mess with your play, with the cards that you have in play more so. Right. I thought, but mm-hmm. those the, those seem to be the way around the the frenzy and the sneaky. Yeah. If you have tough, then you can kind of defend for a little bit anyway against the frenzy. And if you have poisonous, then hopefully you can take out one of the, a bigger monster. And the hunter can attack the sneaky. But if you have a sneaky or a frenzy, like the, you feel powerful in those moments. Yeah. So just 
which is awesome. Yeah, I could see myself in the future developing strategies just like in case you played. Like even if you didn't have something on the table, like, well, I might keep this one in case a sneaky comes out and I need to do something like Mm -hmm. planning for risk management in this game, I think was something you'd eventually get to. But yeah, for sure. Um, Another one that we both got a lot of use out of was the compost dragon. Oh, that guy's cool. I like him. He's a hunter. Play, play a card from your discard pile. Which is awesome because normally when they're in your discard pile, they're gone. And so you get 10 cards. So if you assume that two of them are going to be mind bugged away from you, and maybe you'll mind bug, maybe you won't get people back by the time you die. So maybe you're two down already. So it's eight cards. Who knows how many cards you'll actually get out on the table. So if you can pull yeah. one back. And, uh, and what's fun is when they're pulled back, their play abilities work again, right? So then... Usually, yeah. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I played one of those and pulled another one of those out of the graveyard. So then I got another creature back as well. So that was fun. Yeah. I think that was the game where like the very first creature I played was a pretty big one. Um, and, and there's no like resources like Hearthstone in this game. Like you can play any card at any time. And this, I think this game, I managed to take out two of yours with the same card. So at the very beginning, it seemed like I had already got an upper hand. But right. there's too many crazy things in this game. And like, yeah, play a compost dragon. And then all of a sudden you have one of those back and now it's two against one. And it's yeah. just like a constant tug of war. It's out of um, the ten cards that you have pulled out. Did you pick the one? Oh shoot! Now I forget what it was. Never mind. Continue. Okay. <laughs> um, another one that we both was a big threat for both of us at one point was the level eight hamster lion, and this is a frenzy. And uh, the enemy creature with the lowest power can't attack. So if you only have one card out, um, he not only can't attack, but then this big monster is coming at you twice. Yeah, that guy's pretty sweet. Like a big, strong-looking hamster with a lion body. Kind of. So hopefully, if if that's coming at you, you have a guy that has poison, or. A guy with tough. I think that... Um, You got a couple more? Why don't you give us one more and then we'll give our final thoughts. I will pick pick this one because it has a a sweet name. Uh, The last one is a level five Sharky Crab Dog Mammy Puss. (laughs) (laughs) And the art is as confusing as the name. Um, This level five has Hunter, while an enemy creature does, repeat for Sneaky, Frenzy, and Poisonous. So Mm. it is kind of like an all. It it can do anything as long as the enemy has it on the board. That is super cool. I remember the one that I was thinking about, and it was... It was just a regular card with a regular... It didn't have any cool powers, but it had tough and then when you when you hit it once and were able to defeat it once then you tap it but in the power spot it had a new power a new power value sideways and you were able to when you tapped it you could pick which way you you tapped it and then it would have a new power value and a new attribute so yeah it was i think one way was frenzy and one way was or frenzy and poisonous, or hunter, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You you tapped it left, and it was one thing, and tapped it right, and it was another thing. I think that was the most unique card, and probably one of my favorites out of the whole thing. Yeah, that one was neat. I think in this game, the funnest part is the bluffing and counter bluffing. Yeah, I have this really cool card, and it's really strong. But I know that you have a mind bug. So if I play this one right now, you're going to mind bug it and take it to your side and I won't have it anymore. 
Yeah. How do I trick you, if I can, into mind-bugging something maybe that's equally powerful, but that's not as important to my strategy? Yep, yep. And that is the crux of the game, I think. And yeah. such a cool concept. Yeah, it really makes it. Yeah. Playing anything and you know it could just be taken. It's it's so a then, real mind game on both sides. And I feel like it kind of controls the flow, the tempo of the game a little bit. So in the beginning, yeah. maybe you are both throwing out your your more powerful monsters. Trying to bait the mind bug. But then in the middle, you're doing your, your lesser creatures because you're getting closer right. to the end of the game. And you don't want them to mind bug you right now. But yeah. then at the end, you're like, Oh no, I like I've saved my two monsters that are going to be clutch, but is he, there is the other person going to mind bug this monster right now? Oh. That was such a cool feeling and I had it the first game, the second game and the third game. And just yeah. and I love that. And yeah, I, had I had a lot equal, of fun with it. Equal fun each game. And after that, we played the crew with Hannah, but we could have, I think, easily played a bunch more. We didn't see half the cards, probably. No, I don't think so. so with, with Mindbug, you got Mindbug, it's called, and there's a colon, and what's, shoot, I forget what the first one is. First Contact. First Contact. And then part of the Kickstarter that you did also gave you a bunch of cards under the mind bug colon new creations banner. Yeah, there was a booster pack that came with the uh the normal set. And I have been talking to some people on the board game barrage discord and they've been saying that there are promos popping up here and there at different conventions and for different things. Oh yeah. That you can get for this game as well. It would not surprise me at all if in six months, who who uh, publishers Nerd Lab Games? So it wouldn't Nerd surprise Lab. me at all if Nerd Lab decides in six months to have Mindbug. Uh, I don't know something else, and like not an addition to the game that you already have, but it, like a, a standalone expansion, maybe. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I wonder if. Like they called it first contact. It the name kind of implies there's gonna be more coming. Um right. I've been wondering like how far they plan on taking this, like like to keep to bring up Hearthstone again, like that, you know, they just keep adding new abilities and new cards and like when you're not deck building, I wonder how far you can keep it balanced. And still get random cards as you continue to add more and more new things. Right. But I guess it depends if you just keep the abilities forever and just make new cards within the same framework or if you're going to change the framework itself. Yeah, I, I I don't think they've said anywhere what they plan on doing specifically, but I'm curious to see. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they do another one called like Diplomatic Immunity and then... <laughs> That adds like two new keywords. So it's not a completely new game. They have the five same keywords, but they add two new ones, right? Let's say like if you have this guy, it matters where you put him. So if you have four creatures out, you stick this guy in the middle of those four creatures and the person on the left and the right get uh, a plus to their power or something like that, you know? Right. So it wouldn't surprise me if they came out with something new. Plus one of the designers is Richard Garfield, who also did Magic the Gathering and Keyforge. So those are both like massive games that have lots and lots and lots of cards till the cows come home. And even after the cows come home, there's more cards. So it wouldn't surprise (laughs) me at all if they have more coming out. And if they do... I might pick it up because I really enjoyed playing with you and it's a a nice small box like the box that came in allowed you to sleeve the cards even and yeah I was gonna mention that it it came like so like they came in in a normal box which I didn't show you 
and then there was a booster pack that was plastic wrapped and then you you like assemble or like fold together the the serialized black box they called it yeah and then that black box uh was created to fit all of the cards that came with the booster pack and the plane pack uh with sleeves which which i did so uh, mm-hmm. I, little thing but i like when they consider those things that everyone's going to be doing obviously so yeah especially for like a pure card game that yeah you're using cards all the time you got to sleep yeah. for sure so if they come out with another one i think i'm going to pick it up because that game is fun and i really enjoyed it yeah i'm happy uh, to, to get back to our earlier conversation this is definitely one i'm happy i kick-started mm-hmm. enjoying sure. it immensely <laughs> so if you want to play this game you can online i mean you can call adam and play it i'm sure he'll play it with you anytime yep uh bring it to game day on november 19th mm-hmm. nice you can also play it online at tabletopia.com slash game slash mind bug dash 2021 so we'll make sure that's in the show notes you can Play it for free online, either hot seat, so with someone next to you, or an online game. So that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Adam, do you have anything else you want to say? I think that is it. This may be our longest episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's only two of us. Oh, All right. Well. well, thank you for listening. If you want to contact us, we are theturnturtles at gmail.com. Send us an email and make it better than Greg's because then we know it'll be amazing. We are on uh, Adam's on the Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Adam also is on Instagram, I think. I don't know. Find us in the show notes. Some of our contact information is in there, too. So we um, <laughs> our, our Spotify reviews have gone up a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, we have a decent I can't read Spotify reviews. Um if you leave iTunes reviews, I will read them here. Um oh, but we appreciate how, the Spotify reviews. Um so yeah. How do I live look at Spotify reviews? Uh I don't know on the PC. I just noticed on my phone that there was more than last time I looked, so Oh, cool. Well, that's fun. I didn't know people still listen to the show. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, leave us reviews. We love reviews. Turn turtles. Hey, there we are. All right. So if you want to get in contact with us, that's how. And what is the date today? The 27th, which means... We will have one more episode before game day. So if there's something that you want to, like a board game you want to see on game day, or you just want to let us know you're coming, then email us and let us know. And we will catch you on the next episode and then at game day. See ya. Bye. Bye. The Turn Turtles were here. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in.